Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Holy shit, it's February, huh? Welcome team, fam, folks, jokes, whatever we got going on, it's February. And we're going to have spring early because that dude, that mofo, Puxatoni Phil, the groundhog, did not see his shadow, folks. He did not. And that's awesome. That's pretty freaking awesome, if you ask me. So we have a short winter here, folks. And uh, I don't know about if that's going to be true or not because it's been fucking freezing here. That's for damn sure. Anyway, like I said, it's February. The Super Bowl was today. Some pretty awesome commercials, huh? We'll talk about those later as they tied into quite a bit of stuff we like to talk about here. But, but, as always, let's just start talking about what you're all here for. And that's the news of the nerd variety. But anyway... It's Sunday, February 2nd, and the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong podcast. That's that's a different kind of nerd and fandom. How about this craziness, huh? Atari, yes, Atari, the video game company, is planning to make themed hotels, the first of which is coming to Phoenix and is set to start construction later this year. They announced that they partnered with a group called GSD Group out of uh, and Phoenix real estate developer True North Studio. Uh, this is uh, their plan is to combine hotel with video game experiences, and they are promising a unique lodging experience combining the iconic brand with one of a kind video game theme themed destination. Uh, this includes the latest VR and AR games, state-of-the-art venues and studios to accommodate esports events, and like I said, the first will be in Phoenix, uh, and they plan to add more in Vegas, Denver, Chicago, Austin, Seattle, San Francisco, and San Jose. Um, the first hotel will take 18 to 24 months to complete. Uh, it will be near Central and Roosevelt in Phoenix, so that's downtown, I'm guessing. I I don't understand what the point of this is. This is a very odd thing. Reminds me a lot of, about the Legoland hotels that are now open, that I've worked at one of previously. The Nickelodeon hotels that used to be open. You know, this goes with Disney's themed hotels. It's It's all about themed experiences nowadays, isn't it? More bang for your buck kind of nonsense. And I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work out. Because, you know, Atari has a, a checkered past when it comes to spending money wisely. <laughs> uh, especially with this new console that they're allegedly still coming out with. Which I don't understand what the point of it is. But, hey, who am I to judge, huh? They must have some kind of market research that supports what they want to do. But who knows. Maybe I'll go stay there once it opens in like. Uh, two or three years, especially if it's supposed to start construction later this year. But we'll see. I, I can't wait to see if this actually comes to fruition or is this this is just a pipe dream, really. It'll be interesting. That's for damn sure. 
Anyway, moving on to more important things. Uh, got, finally got some news on Pokemon Home, the new app that will help uh, you manage your Pokedex. And, uh, surprisingly not, they are going to charge you for it. And it releases February uh, this month. And uh, there is a free version available. However, uh, it's available on smartphones and Switch. There is a premium plan that costs uh, $2.99 a month for three months, $4.99, or 12-month subscription for $15.99. But interestingly enough, you pretty much have to get the premium if you want to do anything with it. Uh, according to them, uh, moving Pokemon from Pokemon Bank is unavailable in the basic version. You do need to subscribe to the premium. Number of Pokemon that can be deposited. If you have the basic, only 30. If you have the premium, 6,000. Also, number of Pokemon that can be placed in the Wonder Box at once. I'm guessing this is kind of some kind of trade feature. Three on the basic, ten on premium. Number of Pokemon that can be placed in the global trade system at once. One Pokemon on basic, three Pokemon on premium. Uh, you can participate in room trades. Uh, and you can participate in host as in premium. And judge function which is allows you to check how strong a Pokemon is before trading it, is only available in the premium, which is interesting. So also, uh, yeah, so the, the, the big takeaway here is if you want to move Pokemon from Pokemon Bank, which is on your DS, and into uh, Pokemon Home, you have to have the premium subscription, which that's not cool. So if you want to be able to bring some over from, you know, X and Y and Sun and Moon, and Omega uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Uh, they also said that, uh, so now that you can put from 30 to 6,000, you'll also be able to put 10 Pokemon in the Wonder Box to trade with people around the world rather than just three. Uh, Premium also lets you put three Pokemon in the global trade system, but you can still directly trade with your friends if you have free or premium, so that, that doesn't matter. Also, the smartphone version will not let you move Pokemon from Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee and Sword and Shield, which makes sense, you know, I guess. Does it, though? Well, yeah, how are they going to access your Switch games? Anyway, um, smartphone version doesn't let you, I guess there's home points or battle points. I, I, don't, I don't know how these work. But... Yeah, so a Nintendo Switch version will allow you to move Pokemon with Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, move Pokemon with Sword and Shield, uh, move Pokemon within Pokemon Bank, judge Pokemon, and exchange Pokemon home points. Whereas the mobile version will allow you to move Pokemon with Pokemon Bank, judge Pokemon, trade Pokemon, receive mystery gifts, check battle data, and check news. This is very odd that none of these are all are available on uh, on the Switch version, interestingly enough. Still no release date, though. Still no release date, interestingly enough. Just February. Let's actually look to see if it's in the App Store. We can do this live in real time. How about that, huh? How about that, folks? Pokemon Home. Yeah, it's not available yet. So... I wonder when it will be. That way I can bring over some powerful mons from my Sun Moon 
Omega Alpha, Ruby Sapphire, XY. I just, I don't even think I said any of those things right. Uh, at least what's available before the expansion passes come over to Sword and Shield. Uh, look at this. Hey, uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged was recently released. And it, it is it is getting skewered by fans because it looks nothing like what was promised at E3 or BlizzCon or wherever they showed it off. But people are pissed. Even so much as asking for refunds. Then Blizzard started blocking people on their forums. It is not, not going well for them. Uh, granted, this is a re-release of a 2003 title. Uh, it, it's... What some are calling uh, uh, falling short of what was promised uh, between when they originally announced it in 2018 and now. And you can see that on videos online. Uh, the subreddit and forums are, are blowing up about a lot of issues. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they figure that out soon because uh, people are going to be pissed if it doesn't work out properly. And... Uh, yeah, that's pretty fucking crazy if you ask me. And here's some things I did not expect to hear at all. But Nintendo has made over a billion dollars on its mobile games. It's mobile games. People are nuts, man. They spend money on anything. Get this. The Fire Emblem mobile game has made $656 million by itself. The Animal Crossing mobile game has pulled in $131 million. This isn't even Pokemon Go. This isn't Pokemon Masters. This isn't... This is... This is, is non-major non titles for Nintendo, at least in the U.S. Um, Dragalia Lost. I don't even know what the hell that is. $123 million. Mario Kart Tour, $86 million, and that's fairly new. Super Mario Run, $76 million. And Dr. Mario World has pulled in $4.8 million. That's ridiculous. Mobile games? Fuck, people. You wonder why they bleed us dry. Insane. Ridiculous. Um... Nintendo has also announced that the Switch has passed 50 million units sold. What that means is it's one of Nintendo's best-selling consoles. It has surpassed the Super NES or the Super Nintendo, however, however you might describe that particular piece of gaming history. That's pretty crazy, huh? The Super Nintendo wasn't as popular as everyone thought it was. Um, and they also... They also said there are no plans to release a new Switch model uh, that does not include, you know, like uh, different colorways, as I'm going to just call and refer to them from now on. Uh, no new Switch models in 2018. So the rumored Switch Pro or Switch XL or whatever it is is not releasing anytime soon, at least not in the calendar year of 2020. Interesting there. Also... So, you know, new games, new consoles on the horizon. Of course, the different uh, publishers are going to have their hands on dev kits and things like this. But uh, president of EA recently said that uh, this is 
uh, where were they? Uh, investor call for their fiscal year. Leadership team said that PlayStation 5 and Series X are going to blow people's minds, quote unquote. Uh, this was, like I said, during an investor call for the fiscal 2020 quarter three. And they also said the power of the new consoles is going to be substantially greater than it than existing consoles, said uh, their CFO, Blake Jorgensen. We can do a lot more with, um, in parentheses here, PS5 and Xbox Series X. Things we're, going, we're doing will blow people's minds. Uh, Jorgensen also went on to state that there's going to be a lot of innovation, not just from EA, but in industry whole. They also declined, though, to say what they were working on. No surprise there. They were going to keep that secret until at least what's going on with their, um, until the new consoles either have their launch events or at least E3, or excuse me, EA doesn't go to E3 anymore, so whatever their event is that they do in June, uh, that's adjacent <laughs> to E3. Finally got a new trailer for the Final Fantasy VII Remake, and boy, does this game look gorgeous. I may have to, to spring for it since I'm not going to be getting a whole lot of games between now and at least May. Um, just Doom so far, just because of all the delays that have happened recently. Um, hopefully, like I said, I'll get to my backlog. And it looks like, uh, based off some articles I was reading, it looks like it's going to be going beyond what was originally on uh, disc one of the original game back on PlayStation 1 because it was split up between two discs. A lot of people are also uh, excited to see some scenes that they didn't expect to make it. I guess there's a whole sequence where Cloud cross-dresses. I, I don't know what this is, or I don't have any reverence for it, again, because I never played it back in the day. So, hopefully, this game is as life-changing as everyone makes it out to be when I play it in... A few short months, so we'll we'll see. We'll see where the future takes us. Uh, also, last bit of video game news here, just to wrap things up. Looks like, yeah, it's a short week for video game news. How about that? Looks like we finally get to know what the Games with Gold for February and PSN Plus games for February are going to be. On the Xbox side with Games with Gold, uh, TT Isle of Man on Xbox One is available from the 1st through the 29th. Yes, it's a leap year this year, folks. And Call of Cthulhu will be available from February 16th to March 15th uh, for Xbox 360 and cross uh, crossplay um, backwards compatibility. You will be able to get Fable Heroes from February 1st through the 15th, and original Xbox title Star Wars Battlefront. So the original Star Wars Battlefront will be available from the 16th through the 29th of February. If you are a PSN Plus subscriber, you'll be able to get Bioshock the Collection the entire month, as well as The Sims 4. And if you have a PSVR, you'll also be able to get Firewall Zero Hour. That's a PSVR game, so that is required. Uh, that is it, though, for your video game news this first week. Uh, last week of January, going into the first week of February. Uh, now let's get into the TV news. A lot of, lot of bit of a stuff going on. A lot of a bit of a. I'm making making words up as we go today. <laughs> uh, Netflix has announced that they are going to make a live action One Piece adaptation. 
I've never personally watched One Piece. I recently found out that it is much older than I previously thought. And that will uh, go into production in the next uh, year or so. Uh, Star Wars Resistance recently ended. And uh, to the surprise of quite a few people, three ships from the Star Wars Resistance show participated in the Battle of Exegol and are somewhere in Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Among like the 14,000 ships that were there. Uh, granted, this official Star Wars website did put out some renders of, of what they looked like in the movie. Uh, they still don't look super real. Uh, which is unfortunate, but uh, they still still did look pretty nice. But again, I don't know why this information came out afterwards and why they didn't at least get some kind of shout-out in the film. I mean, hell, the ghost was shown off like five or six times, along with many other ships and a lot of other reused assets, uh, for that matter. Uh, there's a lot of good videos on online breaking that down. Star Wars Explained in Eckhart's Ladder. Uh, two of the biggest and best Star Wars channels actually broke that down quite a bit. Uh, I would I would recommend checking that out if if you want if you're into that kind of stuff. But that's something something interesting at least uh, to see and look for once the movie hits you know digital and or physical release. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, Hot Toys has announced that they are going to be making a life-size, or a sideshow, excuse me, Hot Toys is going to have one as well. Uh, they are going to have a life-size version of Baby Yoda, but it's going to cost you $350. But hey, got to do what you can to get the asset. Am I right? <laughs> also, we're kind of sticking with the Star Wars here for a bit. This is uh this is really interesting. Footage has leaked, um, not leaked really as much as it's been on the internet for a long time and no one noticed. But test footage that was ordered by Rick McCullum, who was a producer on on the Star Wars prequels. Uh, it's test footage for the live action Star Wars show that George Lucas was trying to get off the ground, which had at least fifty scripts written. Now. My understanding is that I guess they had shopped it around to different networks. They wanted to have it on TNT, but something happened and it fell through. Obviously, this is before he sold to Disney and the new movies. So Star Wars had been in a bit of a lull at that point. But I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, now that it's looking that it's test footage and it's not official Lucasfilm stuff, it makes sense that it looks like a really well-done fan film. But... Proof of concept wise, it looks like something that would have been really fucking cool. And uh, hopefully maybe Disney does something with this or, or with those unproduced scripts and moves forward with uh, with the show. Because that'd be really fucking cool based off what little we saw here. Uh, I know a few weeks back we had reported that Damon Lindelof did not want to do a second season of Watchmen. And HBO was perfectly fine with that. Well... It looks like Damon Lindelof might be eating his words because he was talking with Casey Bloys, who was the head of HBO, who also said this, uh, sorry, excuse me, Casey Bloys said this a few weeks ago. It would be hard to imagine doing it without Damon involved in some way. 
Then back in December, he also said, I've consistently believed and still believe that these nine episodes are a complete story with a beginning, middle, and end. I don't have any ideas for subsequent seasons of Watchmen currently. However, at the Writers Guild of, of America Awards, he spoke to Deadline and said, I never want to close the door completely because if two, three years from now I say I just had an another idea, it will be that much harder to open. But I would say it's barely a jar. I think that there are no current plans to make any more Watchmen. If the idea comes, I would be enthusiastic about it. The idea may not come from me. I would be super excited about it coming from someone else, so my position hasn't changed. So, while he's not necessarily saying, like, hey, let's get into production on Season 2 right now, but maybe it could come a few years down the road. I mean, look at look at Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's multiple years between seasons sometimes. So, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for an HBO show to take a break like that. And, uh, let's move over to Disney+. Plus. A lot of crazy stuff coming out of that now. Owen Wilson, yes, wow, Owen Wilson, has allegedly been cast in the Loki series in an undisclosed role. What the hell is he going to be playing in that? I do not know. That is what's blowing my mind right now. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. I wonder, interesting... And, and speaking of Loki, we actually got our first look at the series, even though it's not due out for at least a year. But during the Super Bowl, there was a trailer released, and it showed off our first look at the Falcon and Winter Soldier, and a lot from that, considering that's the first show to be coming. We got our first look at WandaVision as well. And what stood out to me more than anything, uh, uh, granted they do look like movies more than they do TV shows, the Marvel Studios logo had a blue background instead of a red background, traditional in the films. I wonder if the blue background is going to be for the TV programs. Uh, and Falcon and Winter Soldier looks really cool, really high production value. Uh, it's got Samus Falcon flying around. He also throws Cap's shield around. Uh, looks like Daniel Bruhl, they're showing off his character, uh, which is Baron Zemo, if you remember uh, Captain America Civil War. So... A lot of good stuff in the pipeline over at Disney+. Plus. It's nice to finally see uh, some things coming out, considering that they're going to be starting uh, ramping up advertisements for those, considering those come out later this year. Uh, don't forget Star Wars, the Clone Wars final season premieres in just a, a, about a week and a half from today. Um, speaking of Disney+, Plus as well, Ron Howard has confirmed that he is working on a Willow television program for Disney Plus. Yeah, that Willow from the 80s. <laughs> I, 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 I never ceases to amaze me at what, what they will do to bring old things back. I just... Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, speaking of Super Bowl commercials, as we did earlier, and we'll, we'll talk about more later as well. How about that Rick and Morty one with the Pringles, huh? That became a meme real fucking quick. Like, the Super Bowl hadn't even happened yet. I guess the trailer, or the, the preview of the ad got released. And already, there were memes of Rick ripping off the wallpaper off the wall, doing other things. And I was like, where did that come from? I don't remember that from an episode. Lo and behold, it's the Pringles Rick and Morty commercial on Super Bowl Sunday. Like, whoa. 
talk about meta. That <laughs> uh, was good. It was funny. It was, I, I really liked it, and I can't wait to see when uh, when the rest of Season 4 will be on TV. God damn it. How much longer we gotta wait? Huh. Anyway, uh, last bit of TV news. Uh, last week, Arrow came to an end. And I, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was, um, I don't know. I, I didn't feel the emotional response I thought I would feel. And maybe that's because I was just so angry that Oliver had died in crisis. And then the only Oliver we got in the finale was a flashback Oliver. And at least we get to see the repercussions of this new timeline where pretty much his whole family is still alive. Moira, uh, his best friend Tommy, and quite a few other people. He made Kimiko his 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 stepsister, not stepsister, but his half-sister, uh, like nice and willing to be nice with his, his family as well. And I just, I don't know, I don't know. I, I just, I didn't like... I didn't like what they did with it. And, and I, I don't have to. And it just sucks because another one of my show favorite shows is ending. And it's it's not. Um, to me, it was a bit of a letdown. And, and granted, they didn't have a full season to really go at things. And it, it's, it, it is the CW. This is an HBO where they can throw millions of dollars in an episode and... And, I, I don't know, it just, it sucked that it had to end like this in a way that was more somber than action-packed and what you expect from Arrow, and I, it just, I, I don't know, I, I don't, I guess you can say that at least it ended on a high note, just overall, and, and I've been there since day one, and it, it's just... I hope when the Flash comes to an end sometime in the future, I'm not. I'm not saying I hope it comes to an end. I'm just saying when it comes to an end, I I hope that the Flash is able to to go out on a bang, if you will, and not like this. I hope that Barry gets like a proper send off, and his the final two episodes of of his show are not um, void of his character. But I, I guess that was more my only thing. It's like the, the, the send-off we got for Oliver was not a proper send-off. And then he comes back as the Spectre. And it just, it was, it was not what I was expecting for this show to end. And granted, there, there's now opportunity for, for Stephen Amell to come back as the Spectre in some capacity. And just cameo parts in, in the Arrowverse as general as a whole, I should say. Um, but overall, I just disappointed in the end and at least personally, a lot of things I was happy with, but overall just, I don't know. It just, it didn't feel right to me. And I guess this is what people felt with game of Thrones, but, uh, there was one saving grace, uh, in the end. And, and that was John Diggle finally got his green lantern ring. As he 
got set to take off from Metropolis for his new status quo. And I, I hope they do stuff with him with Green Lantern in some capacity. I know it's going to be tricky because they don't want to confuse people with, with what's going on uh, with the Green Lantern show that's going to be on HBO Max. But as we've seen now, DC is not afraid to have multiple instances of a character show up. And uh, hopefully, especially with what they did with the two Flashes in, in the crossover event, hopefully this means that uh, we can have Batman on TV. Uh, you didn't hear that from me, though. Let's uh, let's wrap up TV there. Let's move on to what's going on in the movie world in Hollywood. Jim Carrey was being interviewed uh, on while he was doing press rounds for Sonic, because that comes out in a couple weeks. He has said that he would be willing to do a mask sequel if it was helmed by some visionary crazy director. I I don't know. Do we need another mask film? Probably not. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, Universal Studios and uh, Universal Pictures, or however you want to call them, and Bloomhouse are teaming up to make a reboot of The Thing. The Thing is one of my favorite horror movies. And uh, so originally it was based off a short story. It's been made. The one in the 80s was the second adaptation. Then there was the one in the mid-2000s that was technically a prequel, but a reboot and a remake. Um, but it's a prequel to the one from the 80s with Kurt Russell. But Bloody Disgusting has announced that... Uh, so it was originally an adaptation of the novella Who Goes There... But recently, they found a full-length manuscript titled Frozen Hell. And uh, this is what it says. It's official. The producer, Alan Dons, wrote on Facebook, I received my signed contract and first check. I am executive producing a remake of The Thing, but with additional chapters of John Campbell's groundbreaking novel, Frozen Hell, that had been lost for decades. Now, for the first time ever, Campbell's full version will be realized on the big screen, the new film will include the very best of RKO's The Thing from Another World, John Carpenter's classic The Thing, and both books, Frozen Hell and Who Goes There. Interesting take there. Yes, as you see, John Carpenter did the one in the 80s. And uh, they found the classic, this unpublished thing back in 2018. And I kind of want to read this now. And... Uh, this is very surprising. Bloomhouse knows how to make a horror film. Universal kind of knows. And yeah, so this is going to be the fourth uh, box office picture. Like I said, the original was 1951, The Thing from Another World. John Carpenter's 1982 film, The Thing. Oh, 2011. Uh, the prequel also called The Thing. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in that. And it's... Uh, be interesting to see how this turns out. Like I said, the thing is awesome. It ends on, a, uh, on an ambiguous cliffhanger. You don't know what's going on or who's who. It's a, it's a great movie. A lot of great tension in the film. That's for damn sure. Can't wait to see how that, uh, how that turns out. The Batman has officially begun filming. And we got an official cast list as well from Warner Brothers. And uh, they started filming in London. We also got names for characters that were not officially announced before. So, uh, official cast list here. 
So we already knew that uh, Robert Pattinson was playing Bruce Wayne or Batman. Zoe Kravitz is playing uh, Selena Kyle or Catwoman. Paul Dano is playing Edward Nashton or the Riddler. Jeffrey Wright officially as uh, James Gordon. John Turturro is playing Carmine Falcone. Peter Sarsgaard, though, uh, he's playing someone new called Gotham DA Gil Coulson. Whoever that might be. Uh, Jamie Lawson is playing mayor, mayoral candidate, candidate Bella Real. And Andy Serkis as Farrell and Colin, or as Alfred, Jesus, and Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot. I wonder... I'm going to reserve judgment, of course, until the film releases. I'm a little, a little, 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 little worried about some of these casting choices. Granted, I don't know who some of these people are. Uh, granted, some of these characters are new. So we will see how this all turns out. Granted, I have high hopes. But, again, I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. So, that's my two cents. Uh, got a new trailer for a new Mortal Kombat animated film uh, called The Rise of Scorpion or something like that. It looks really cool. Joel McHale's playing uh, Johnny Cage, so that should be interesting. But no, it, uh, animation looks really tight. Looks like it's coming from Warner Brothers and probably isn't though, but looks really cool. Can't wait to see how that how that goes. I'm excited to watch that. Rumors are circulating that The Crow might finally be remade. This has been in and out of development hell for about the last uh, 25 plus years, especially after in the original, uh, which caused the tragic death of... Oh, shit, what's his name? Brian, was it Brian Lee? Bruce Lee's son. Uh, excuse me, Brandon Lee. I knew it, uh, it was a B. But... Yeah, about 25 years or so. Granted, that's from when the the original film came out. But that is uh, finally coming off the ground. I, I know that Jason Momoa was trying to get one started, but looks like that never came to fruition. So wonder what they'll do now or who they'll try to get now. Uh, Taron Egerton has been rumored to have been offered the main role in a Little Shop of Horrors remake. And on top of that, Scar Joe or Scarlett Johansson has also been offered the lead female role in the remake, which makes me say, uh, let's get this movie made now so I can watch it. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors is one of my favorite uh, Broadway plays. The movie that uh, stars Rick Moranis is also a, one of my like low-key, not favorite movies, but it's, it's always a movie I'll watch if it's on TV. And uh, it's a it's a real funny uh, play if you've never seen it. Uh, it's about a man who finds this Venus flytrap after like an eclipse, but it turns out to be an alien life form that can speak and desires human blood and humans. And eventually, it gets so big that it takes over the town. But um, no, it's it's a really cool thing. Uh, I I would love to see a modern take on it, especially with Taron Egerton. Uh, if you ever get the chance to see the live action play though I, I i would urge you to do that that the production value usually on, on that show is off the charts and uh you know we've been talking a lot about super bowl commercials and 
Walmart outdid themselves this year. Uh, last year they had that one that had all those old movie cars and stuff in it. This year they did a lot of sci-fi films. Uh, they showed off, uh, or it had the Enterprise, it had the Millennium Falcon, it had uh, the Spaceship, Spaceship, Spaceship from the Lego movie. Uh, Mars Attacks was in it. But we got our first look at Bill and Ted 3 in a way when their phone booth shows up and you have old Ted or old Bill and young Bill talking to each other and talking about the future. So we, we got our first look at Alex Winter as old Ted Theodore Lo or Why do I keep saying Ted? As Bill S. Preston Esquire. Oh man, and it's coming this summer. I think uh, their Twitter teased a new trailer coming soon, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, we also got our first look last week at the new trailer for Fast 9, or F9 as they're calling it. Oh hell yeah, Fast and the Furious 9, baby. You can't be living your life at a quarter mile of a time. It's my shitty impression of Vin Diesel. Um... Yeah, so uh, Han is alive somehow, and the director is promising justice for Han. I don't know how he's back. Granted, we never really saw him die. Um, granted, Deckard Shaw is now a hero. Uh, I'm very confused. And these movies continually to get more and more outrageous. Granted, my butt will be in the seat on opening weekend. But uh, yeah, there's some ridiculous things going on in this trailer. And it's like that, and Han being back isn't even the most ridiculous, which which is crazy when you think about it. But the big question is, will this movie make a billion dollars without The Rock? <laughs> I'm still going to fucking see it. Like, I, I don't need to get hyped for it because it's a fast movie, so I'm going to watch it regardless. Um, how about this, huh? There is a possible... Transformers revamp coming and uh, potentially two movies in development um, I guess they're going to be ditching the previous story uh, two new scripts uh, this is per variety uh, they have talked to James Vanderbilt of Murder Mystery and Army of Dead's Joby Harold with creating the new scripts for two separate films uh, this is not official and Deadline is also reporting that one of them is going to be a possible Beast Wars movie. That's fucking amazing. Okay? Beast Wars was my first introduction to the Transformers franchise with Optimus Primal, the Maximals, and the Predacons. Whew, that was fucking cool. Rat Trap, Cheetor, Dinobot. That was just that was my fucking childhood right there, and man, it's been what o over twenty years? No, it hasn't been twenty years. Sorry, it's been almost fifteen years since the first movie came out. Bumblebee was kind of like a reboot on the series anyway. It did a lot better than the previous ones had been, and um, was this? They're saying that. Uh, no word yet on if it's going to be a complete reboot, if it will be in the original timeline, if it will be in the Bumblebee timeline, which I guess is not the same universe um, as the original, which doesn't make any sense to me. But it'll be. But wait a minute, John Turturro's in it. I'm very confused. Anyway, 
Uh, if they do make a Beast Wars movie, you can be sure, you can bet on me being there on opening night. Like, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Hopefully this turns out to be true. And this is what I'm the most shocked to see. But uh, I, I didn't think this was ever coming. But Lethal Weapon 5 is officially in the works. That's right, Lethal Weapon 5 with both Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Uh, this is going to be the final one. I'm sure Danny Glover is going to say his famous I'm getting too old for this shit line that he's been saying since the first one. Uh, they're trying to get Richard Donner to come back to direct and I'm be surprised by because Richard Donner is like in his 90s if I'm not mistaken. But that'd be... Yeah, it was Richard Donner is... Yeah, he's 89. I don't know if he can still direct a movie. It's not a knock against him. It's just as you get older, it gets a lot harder. Especially to be involved in a movie production. Uh, this was the Hollywood Reporters Producers Roundtable. And uh, Dan Lin, who produced the show, which I really liked. Um, he is with... Um, working with Warner Brothers to bring back the original team. He said, we're trying to make the last Lethal Weapon movie, and Donner's coming back, the original cast is coming back, and it's just amazing. The story itself is very personal to him. Mel and Danny are ready to go, so it's about the script. Oh, that's good. Um, they've been talking about making this movie for like a decade at this point. I know Shane Black was involved because he had written the originals. Um, and, you know... I guess Mel Gibson had originally turned it down, but it'd be interesting to see them come back. This is nice to see, given that New Life was probably given to it after Bad Boys for Life is just killing it at the box office right now. But be interesting to see if this actually gets made. I can't wait. Lethal Weapon 4 wasn't bad, but it was a good finale of sorts. The show was good. Unfortunately, there were other things that prevented the show from uh, ending properly and having that story go on the right foot. But yeah, that'd be that's really fucking cool. Uh, that'd be interesting to see. Mel Gibson hasn't done anything in a while. Danny Glover hasn't done anything of substance in a while. He's just had some bit parts in movies lately. So yeah, that's really cool. Uh, that's it for our top and main stories today. Uh, short episode, not a whole lot going on. Uh, hopefully, uh, if you're a 49ers fan, you're not too upset over the loss. Uh, you know, there's always next year, and I'm I'm sure with the talent they have, they'll they'll be back on the main stage, uh, probably again next year, if not the year after. I I don't think this is a team that's gonna go quietly into the night. Um, and with that, you know, with the Super Bowl happening, uh, a lot of good commercials. Uh, like I said, the Walmart one was really good. We got our first look at the Disney Plus Marvel shows. Um, some good looks at some movies as well. Uh, one of my favorite commercials was also the commercial, the Tide commercial with Danny with um, Charlie Day, and him going into different movies and things like Wonder Woman. Uh, he did the Bud Light thing. He did the Masked Singer. That was really fun. Uh, the Mountain Dew 
Zero Sugar was awesome with Brian Cranston pretending to be uh, like Jack Torrance from The Shining. That was interesting. Uh, that was really funny. Uh, the Groundhog Day one with Bill Murray for Jeep was awesome. And uh, there were some other good ones that uh, I know I laughed at. Oh, there was like a Reese's one where a dude had his head up his ass. That was, that was pretty fucking funny. And uh, not a whole lot of crazy over-the-top ones that uh, that you'd be used to. Um, not a lot of movie spots this year, surprisingly. Almost no game spots, uh, which is interesting as well. Uh, you'd think that you'd want to put some big eyes on video games there, especially because it's one of the biggest advertising days in America. But other than that, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, like I said, the commercials were, were pretty funny for some of the new ones. And uh, some of them had been released already online beforehand. But it's always good to see that. Uh, I like to see that the Wonder Woman stuff is is uh, is heating up as we get closer to the June release. Uh, surprisingly, no Birds of Prey trailers, despite the fact that the movie comes out uh, on Friday. Um, speaking of which, we will be talking about that next weekend. I, I am 100% planning to see Birds of Prey. Um, my decade list is done, so now I am just going through and making sure I pick my best of. Uh, we'll get to that soon, hopefully. I, I know I've been talking about it for a while, but it takes time to go through 10 years worth of movies, TV shows, and video games and making sure uh, you don't second-guess yourself um, because that's the last thing I, I'd want to do. I don't want to let you guys down um, in my opinions on things. But uh, So that's that. Like I said, Birds of Prey is coming. Uh, no new games right now. Uh, Doom in March. And uh, that is it for now. Uh, come back next week. Like I said, we'll have more stuff to talk about. And hopefully Pokemon Home will be launched uh, soon. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't be too upset if your team lost the Super Bowl. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can find the hub for our social media pages. Uh, where you can see our Facebook Twitter and Instagram feeds all in one place or find links to the individual pages. You can always follow us at uh, NixNerdNews on all three. Also on NixNerdNews.com is uh, the podcast, of course, so you can listen right in your browser if you're sitting at home on, on your computer. Or if you prefer to listen on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcast pages. Uh, hoping to get on iHeartRadio soon. I resubmitted again. This time I did finally get a response, so hopefully we will be on iHeartRadio within the next few weeks. Uh, other than that, I am your host, Nick. Thank you guys for listening, and I will catch you on the flip side.